but I want to do something to bring you up into the 18th verse. Amen? Uh, so we're going to start reading from the first eight, Romans 8 and 1. And you don't have to read. I got, I got a reader here on my phone that I can, I can adjust and you can hear through the aid of technology. How about that? Amen. So, so we're going to do something a little different. Amen. But our scripture will be coming from Romans 8 chapter and 18 verse. And uh, before you stand, because I want you to stand too long, uh, we are going to listen to Romans 8, 1 through 18. Is that going to be all right? All right. Chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. I want to, Romans 8 and 18, I want to use this thought this morning. Don't let your present situation distract you. Don't let your present situation distract you because you can't compare what you are ascertaining from God to what you are going through now. And I know Romans 8 and 18, don't let your present situation distract you. Distract me from what? Many folks are not here today because they have been distracted. I didn't say everyone. I said many. They have become discouraged because of what they don't have. Well, I'm of the opinion that I need to stay encouraged because of what I do have. Amen. What I do have rather than what I don't have. Many people are trying to bring God down to their level. If I were God, I would do this. Well, you're not God, so don't even play with that. It seems like he would. No, it don't seem like. God is God all by himself. The scripture tells us don't even compare what you're going through with where you are going. Am I right about it? 
We got to understand that Jesus has told us that in this life, ye shall have trials and tribulations, uh, but do not fret because I have overcome. And if I overcome, ye shall overcome. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, what we're going through is just temporary. Somebody ought to shout because of that. Because, see, other words, other words, if I were headed to somewhere that I was going to still have to pay taxes, that I was going to still have to take blood pressure medication, that I was going to still have to do this and do that, get up every morning, five, six, sometimes four o'clock, go to work, work eight, nine, ten hours. I, that wouldn't excite me. How about you? But I'm going to a place where there's no more crying and no more dying, no more backbiting, no more misunderstanding. See, that excites me. In fact, I cannot imagine what kind of place that would be. We, many of us, have been on this side so long that we can't even see past it. See, it's hard to think of a perfect place wearing the shades of sin. But we believe more than what we can see. I said we, not thee, believe more than we can see. You've never seen Jesus, but you believe in him. You call on as though you know him. You expect him to show up because he's never failed you yet. So we believe in more than we can see. See, the distractions and the trials of this tribulation will put blinders on you, and you will cease to give God the glory. Some people get so wrapped up in their situation that they forget they're still alive. As though life don't mean anything to you, but I gotta, I, I, I'm broke. You broke, healthy, got a place to stay, got clothes to wear, got a car to drive. What you so up in the air about? You could be dead. And you could be dead before folks find out that you dead. I don't care what comes upon us on this side, God is still in control. Let's look at the development of a child to adult. Amen? We are born. We're not able to even move other than just gestures. We lie there waiting on somebody to feed us, clothe us, change us, and everything. Just helpless. And then we start to mature. We start to learn how to maneuver this new life. Am I right about it? And then we start hitting, as we grow older, we start hitting some hard spots. Some rough spots. Am I right about it? And we start imagining, is it like this always? Am I stuck? But when we meet Jesus, Jesus brings hope. I say hope. I say hope. 
He brings hope and hope transforms suffering. I'm preaching harder than you saying amen. I say hope will help you through suffering. Because some folks just give up in the midst of crisis. I can't take it no more. Have you ever heard that? I don't know what I'm losing my mind. I need to go to the doctor and get me some depression medication, some anxiety medication, because this circumstance, this situation is overwhelming me so that I don't know what to do. But hope, somebody say hope. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you have hope? If you have hope, you can press your way through. I said, don't let your present situation distract you. It's going to happen. You can pray three times a day. You can come to church every time the door is open. But trials and tribulations still going to come your way. Don't ever pray to God and say, Lord, let stop all of this stuff from coming to me. That's an empty prayer. Pray to God and say, God, give me strength to take on whatever comes to me. Give me hope to look past it. Because if you don't look past it, you're going to get hung up in it. Somebody needs to say something. So as we grow to adulthood, God knows we go through a lot. Peer pressure. Me pressure. This and that. If it ain't this, it's that. And if it ain't this or that, it's something else. All of it, you need to have hope with it. Am I right about it? We wearing pink today because of hope. Hope allows a person to press through counsel. Oh, yeah, yeah, hope, hope, hope. This thing going to be all right. God is going to deliver me one way or the other. See, we need to be of the attitude. It doesn't make any difference what happened to this old body. God is going to give me a new one. Even if these flesh ones eat my flesh, God is still going to give me a new one. I don't care if I've gone through hip surgery, gallbladder surgery, liver surgery, ankle. It doesn't matter. I don't care if I got one eye or no eye. God is going to give me a brand new body. That's the hope that I'm talking about. Am I right about it? Is anybody hoping today? Hope will allow you to transform suffering. Now, let's look at preparing and going on a trip. Uh, on the way to your destination, one might get a flat tie. That don't deter you from your destination. You get out of your car, call AAA, or you raise your own trunk, 
and put your spare on and continue. It's the same thing when you run into a bump in life. You get out, get down on your knees, and say, Lord, see me through this. And God is quicker than right now and sooner than at once. He will fix your situation where you can, what, proceed. Has anybody ever proceeded? Has everybody ever been distracted to the point you couldn't move, but you were still hoping? And when God lifted your burden, you proceeded. Am I right about it? You might not be saying amen, but I've known you done hit a bump in life somewhere. I know the devil been on your trail. I know sometimes you just wanted to give up. But because of hope, somebody shout hope. It, may, it allowed me to go through it and come out better than I went in. Anybody ever had a problem that you couldn't solve and you came out better once it was solved? Am I right about it? You came out stronger. You came out wiser. You came out smarter. In the Somebody ought to shout this morning. Don't let your present situation distract you. Distract you from what? Giving God the glory. Giving God the praise. Thanking him every day he opened your eyes to a brand new day. Thanking him every day for what you have, your means of income. If you retired, you got a means of income. If you working, you got a means of income. Nobody slept under the bridge last night. Nobody had to beg for food. David said, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never, somebody said, never seen God's children forsaken are begging for bread. It ain't because of how much money you make. It ain't because of how stable you are. You God's children and God promised to take care of us. Oh, he promised. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God promised. He promised. I said he promised y'all. He promised to take care of us. Even when we have loved ones, he promised. Sometimes you want to say, well, what am I going to do? Look to the hills from which cometh your help, because your help cometh from the Lord. And he promised never to leave us alone. Somebody ought to be glad about that. Somebody has been lonely. Somebody has felt rejected. Somebody has felt forsaken. But God promised. Oh, I'm getting happy, y'all. I'm getting happy because God promised. My distractions have no more power over me. Just go through it and give God the praise. Just go through it and give God the praise. Nobody wants to go through anything. But that's not the objectivity. It's to lean on the everlasting arms of the Lord. So on your trip, you might have a flat tire. Your water pump might go out. You transmission problem. Many things that can go on with these things that we drive. But we just get them fixed. 
If we have to leave it, we call up AAA, we call up a rental car, they give us, and we continue. Am I right about it? See, depending on how well you prepare, I said depending on how well you prepare, you will, your trip will not be affected. It might be delayed, but it won't be denied. And see, that's what... That, 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 that's why a lot of folks get messed up because God didn't answer me when I called him. But he hasn't denied you. He hasn't forsaken you. Well, see, the, the Lord don't, the, the must don't know I'm suffering. He sits high and he looks low and he knows our heart. He knows the situation you're going through. He knows your honesty in your heart. Am I right about it? So just grin and bear it. Because the Lord is on his way. In Exodus, he said, I hear my children cry, and I hear they moan, and I want you to know, my children, I'm on the way. But I have a predetermined time of arrival. And nothing can rush that, distract that, Derail that. Prevent that. I'm on my way. I said he's on his way. If anybody's going through something today, the Lord told me to tell you today, God is on his way. He's on his way. I said he's on his way. So don't get distracted. You heard what Romans 1 through 18 said. I, I know you heard it because I just, and he starts off, there is no, therefore, now, right now. The scripture is saying, you done repented for your wrong. And now, somebody say, and now. See, you done have repented for that old behavior that you used to folly in. But somebody said, but now, God has nothing against me. Is there anybody in the building listening this morning? Don't sit up here and look at me like you ain't never sinned and like you ain't never walked in darkness. Somebody say, but now, God has nothing against me. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not, somebody say not, not. after the flesh, but after the spirit. Not after the flesh. Not what, what I want. Not when I want it. I'm not walking after what I can control. But I'm trying to stay in the spirit of God. Because God going to give me what I need. Not only that, he'll give it to me when I need it. Because many times we ask for stuff that we're not ready for. Oh, it sounds good while it's in the corridors of your mind. 
But long and, and sometimes that's where it needs to stay, in the corridors of your mind. Until you go to God and say, Lord, have thine own way in my life. Prepare the way. You know what I want. You know what my heart's desire. I'm trying to walk in the spirit. And I believe you, God, that you are on the way. Is there anybody know that God is on the way? <laughs> He's on the way. So sometimes it seems a little difficult, especially when you press down, oppress, depress, and suppress. It's hard to look up and see the light. But I want to tell somebody today, God is on the way. He's not forsaking you. He's not denying you. But he's just waiting on you. That's who he's waiting on because you can't fool him. Oh, you can get down and pray with your mouth. But your heart is not in your prayers. When we depend on the Lord, he will come through. For the scripture says, for I reckon that the suffering of this present times are not worthy. Don't even try to compare what you're going through with where you're going to. It can't be compared with the glory. Somebody say glory. glory. Which shall be revealed in us. Let me stop right there. You don't understand because God, what God is going to do, I ain't going to tell you about it. It's going to be revealed in you. Ain't nobody going to come to you and say the Lord told me to tell you nothing. God said, what I'm going to do with you is going to be revealed in you. So you don't have to be worried about believing nobody, whether they tell the truth or whether they're just trying to lift their own self up. God said, don't worry about that because I'm going to reveal it in you. And the mere fact that he's going to reveal it in you, it's going to be in your language. In other words, you're going to understand it. Somebody said, when God get ready to talk to me, I will understand it. Ain't God all right? Ain't he all right? And then he said, what? He said, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Somebody said, I'm waiting. Pastor, it's not easy to wait. In fact, that's one of my biggest struggles is waiting, trying to be patient. But what did the scripture say? I'm not saying what folks say. I'm not even saying what pastors say. I'm not even saying what you say. 
But the scripture says in the eighth chapter, in the 25th verse, it said, but if, somebody say if, we hope for that we see not, for the impossible, for the miracle, then do we with patience wait for it. Now the devil gets into that verse. Don't you think the devil don't know what the word says? He gets in that verse to try to twist it and say, okay, what you waiting on? It's just going to get worse. You better do something. You better go on down there to pay their loan and get that $300 loan. And you already know it's going to take you five years to pay it back. <laughs> At three to 500% interest, that's what you... That's not walking after the Lord. That's walking after yourself, after your own ability. But if we hope for that we see not, we wait on the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going through, but I'm going to still wait on the Lord. That's what a stand-up Christian will say. A stand-up Christian ain't afraid of dying. Oh, I know you don't want to go there, but I said a stand-up Christian. Paul said to die is the gain. If you are really stand-up Christian, you ain't afraid of dying. Because you know you're going to a place of no more. Thank God for Jesus. That God... Uh, in his passion, in his mercy, and uh, in his grace, he looked over the balcony of time and, and he had compassion on his creation. And I can see Jesus as he uh, is conversing with his father. And he said, Father, I'll go down and I'll deliver man's soul. I go down because it has grieved you so that you have contemplated wiping out your whole creation. But God, in his infinite mercy, sent his son to die on our behalf. Ain't gone, all right. His son came down and was born in Bethlehem in a little town called Bethlehem. Born in a stable, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Grew up a little time in Nazareth and walked the streets of Judea. But one day, Somebody say, one day, they called him to an old rugged cross. One day, they stretched him wide. One day, they pierced him in the side and put a crown of thorns around his brow. Am I right about it? And he died. Didn't the Lord die? He died. 
to the veil of the temple was rented from the top to the bottom. He died till the S-U-N went down at 3 o'clock in the evening. He died till somebody said, surely, surely, this must have been the son of God. And they took him down off that old rugged cross. They put him in a barred tomb. He stayed there Friday night. He stayed there Saturday night. But early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. He has power to strengthen our faith, power to mend our broken heart, power to heal the sick, and power to raise the dead. Oh, power! Oh, power! Power was in his holy hand. And then the story doesn't end because he's coming back again. He's coming. I said he's coming. He's coming. In fact, he's on his way. Ain't God all right? When he get here, he gonna raise the one that died in Christ. When he gets here, he gonna change the one that are yet alive. When he gets here, am I right about it? He gonna load us all up in his big old hand and take us home to the Father. Ain't God all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't the Lord all right? Somebody say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know he's all right. How you know, Pastor? I've tried him. I've tried him when I felt low. I've tried him when I felt alone. I've tried him when I was in despair. I've tried him. Have you tried him? Have you tried him? Have you tried him? If you've tried him, you know what he can do. If you tried him, he knows he hasn't denied you. If you tried him, you'll wait on the Lord. You'll wait patiently. You'll wait until God get here. Ain't God all right? Ain't he 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 all right? Way back, 
Yes, he will. Hold on when things get confused. Hold on when things get out of your hand. Hold on when friends are through. Hold on when they talk about you. Hold on. 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 God's unchanging hand. He wanted me to tell you today. He's on the way. He will not put any more on you than you are able to stand. I tell you, he's on his way back. Amen, amen.